and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Today in the show, we're going to stray a little bit from crop production to spraying your yard. We get a lot of questions at this time of year from farmers and non-farmers alike about, hey, <laughs> what should I be using around the house? Maybe around my wife's flowers so I don't kill them. Um, how do I stop bugs? I got some ticks and mosquitoes and ants and grasshoppers. and I, I mean, all kinds of insects around. So we're going to talk today just a little bit about weed control and about insect control around your yard, around your house. If you've got any questions about that or anything that's going on on your farm, you can give us a call here, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You could also email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. All right, when it comes to weed control, there are three products I want to start the show with to talk to you about. One is old 2,4-D. Now, I'm actually not going to talk about the old 2,4-D because what I want to talk about is the new 2,4-D that doesn't have all the volatility issues of the old stuff. So I will tell you, one of my first jobs on the farm, well, probably not one of my first, but a job I had on the farm years and years ago was spraying around our house and I had to spray old 2,4-D. My dad told me what to do. I did it according to directions from him. And I proceeded to kill my mom's flowers, drop the leaves off the trees. Um, it was uh, it, it was not good. Also impacted my mom's garden. So I'll just tell you, um, I learned the hard way that old 2,4-D, not good. Volatility, drift, terrible. New 2,4-D called Freelix, fantastic. It's amazing. I can't even believe it's the same stuff. When I was talking to Corteva, this is probably 10 years ago, I was at their headquarters in Indianapolis, and we were going round and round with this the one guy who was in charge of this whole project for Corteva, because he said, well, you got something new that you're going to like. And of course, then I'm inquiring, well, what is it? What active ingredient? What you know? What's the mode of action? All this stuff. And he wouldn't tell me anything. And finally, after I badgered him enough, he's like, all right, it's, it's new 2,4-D. <laughs> I go, how tough was that? Why don't you just tell me that right off the bat? And he goes, well, the reason why I didn't is because you aren't even going to believe this is 2,4-D because it doesn't have all the same drift and volatility properties as the old 2,4-D. I'm like, you could have told me that in 10 seconds. I, I can understand that. It's not a very complicated thing. So we tried some of this on our farm back, or actually at our Ag PhD field day site. And we wanted to see, hey, are we having any drift issues? Well, with 2,4-D, the most sensitive plant in the world is cotton. So we planted some cotton on our farm, which, by the way, don't try growing cotton in South Dakota. It's not going to work out real well for you. It's never going to make it. But we raised cotton enough so we could see, hey, does this stuff move around? And we sprayed within 30 inches of the cotton. And we did for several years in a row. No issues, no leaf cupping, no volatility. So I'm all on board with Freelex. So if you want to kill the, the broadleaf weeds in your yard, use Freelex. If you're even thinking about using old 2,4-D or buying something from the hardware store that's got old 2,4-D, get that out of your head right now. You need to stop using old 2,4-D. Same thing goes if you're a farmer and you're spraying pastures, you're spraying ditches, you're spraying anything with old 2,4-D, quit, quit. All that's doing is causing problems for everybody else. And you know, just like I do, we've had issues with, with 2,4-D 
drift and volatility over the years. We've dinged up our own crops, somebody else's crops. Stop. You don't need to do any of that anymore. Switch to Freelex. It only costs a little bit more money than the old junk and it's way better. Next thing, tenacity or that's mesotrium. So what this is, it's a, a chemistry and a mode of action that turns stuff white. So that's how it's going to kill the weeds. It's going to basically stop that chlorophyll production. It's great on a lot of broadleaf weeds, and it leaves much more residual than what Freelex or the new 2,4-D will. So that would be a good way to go if you want to kill broadleaves. It has some activity on some grasses as well. So quite frankly, I will just say like on our own farm, I like using Freelex. I want to spray that first. Then we'll usually go out with Tenacity. And then the other product that we'll go out with, not on every acre or every you know square inch of yard, but Drive. Drive is a good product for crabgrass. It's actually pretty good on some clovers as well. That's the same active ingredient as the old Paramount in sorghum, which is now called Facet L. Uh, but it's quinclorac is that active ingredient. So those are the three products we really like for weed control, Freelex, Tenacity, Drive. And then in terms of insect control, there are two things that I will talk to you about, and that's Tempo and imidacloprid. So the Tempo, that is a pyrethroid. And if you're worried about pesticide safety, I just want you to consider this. There used to be, and there still are, there are still, uh, there are a, there are still a few kind of dangerous insecticides out there. Um, this comes from the chrysanthemum flower, so the pyrethroid family was developed from the from that uh, chrysanthemum flower, and it's sure it's a synthetic reproduction of it, but still, it's like sprinkling a flower out on your yard. So I feel pretty good about that. Now, keep in mind, some people are allergic to flowers, just like some people are allergic to this stuff. So we're always going to tell you wear personal protective equipment, keep the pets off there until you water it in or whatever, or until it dries, like in this case. But I just say uh, this is a great product, Tempo. It's actually labeled even in your house. Uh, I use some in the house, too. Uh, It'll kill cockroaches. It'll kill ants. It'll kill spiders crickets, grasshoppers, mosquitoes, a lot of different insects. So we talk about tempo all the time. I, I just tell a lot of people spray once or once a month, once every couple months, something like that, and you'll do a pretty good job. The other product that we'll usually talk about spraying once a year is imidacloprid. Get it in the granule form, spread it on your yard, put an inch of water on it, and then get that down in the ground. That'll kill white grubs, and then you don't have moles and some of these other rodents that are feeding on the grubs in your lawn. Uh, but anyway, it's a great way to kill a lot of insects out in your yard. Leave yourself a little residual. It's kind of systemic in the uh, grass. So anyway, those are the good products that I would probably suggest. But we'll talk more about spraying your yard right after this. When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trifold Herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at trivoltinaction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. 
At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Nutrition N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. Warehouse, what can we do for you? Yeah, I'm looking for some nitrogen. All right, we're running low and it's awful pricey, but uh, let me check. Hold. The answer to low supply and high prices for nitrogen is Invita, a microbe with systemic nitrogen fixation. Invita works throughout the foliage and roots, providing a right place, right time source of nitrogen to maximize yield in corn, wheat, and soybeans. Yeah, we're all out, but... You know what? I'll take some of that Invita. <laughs> That's what I was going to recommend. Book your Invita while supplies last. Hi, I'm Greg Souter with 360 Yield Center. Getting more nitrates into the corn plant drives yields higher. When and where you place your nitrogen makes a big difference in packing nitrates into the air. 360 Y-Drop places in right over the roots. It's the most efficient way to move nitrates into the plant for better tip fill and heavier kernels. Convert your side dress bar to 360 Y-Drop. Learn more at 360yieldcenter.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton Studio and talking about spraying around your yard. Yes, I know it's planting season. I know you're probably going to be really, really busy putting corn, soybeans, and other crops in the ground for a little while, at least in the northern part of the country. But uh, as those things finished up, you're going to want to clean up your yard too because nobody likes looking at weeds. Everyone wants to just be able to relax on the weekend or or whenever you get some free time. And uh, when you have nice green grass and, and everything looks good around the yard, that's that's pretty nice, pretty pretty good to have. So we're talking about that today. We're also taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. And you can always email us, radio at agphd.com. Got Mike Witt with us right now with Iowa State. Mike, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, wind isn't blowing us too far away today. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, it's been a been a windy year, and you know that is that is kind of a reason that a lot of spraying hasn't gotten done. And and for people, even with really good intentions, it's been tough to to find a time to do things. Because of course, if you're spraying around the yard, you're really concerned about your trees, your bushes, your flowers, and and everything else too. So, talk to us a little bit about what's going on around yards and and what people could be thinking about when the weather improves a little. Yeah, so when people are really considering spraying around yards, the two things that I really want folks to focus on is, number one, what style of herbicide are you utilizing and what are you going to use it for? And what I mean by that is if you're going to go for like a Roundup-style herbicide or something along those lines or any of those contact herbicides, those are the ones that do a great job of killing weeds but also have to be really controlled because they will kill just about whatever they touch. So we have to make sure that on these windy days and things like that, that we don't have much overspray. We make sure we get the herbicide right where we want it. That's the first thing that I always like to think about with yards. And the second thing is something that as an educator, we do a lot of educating with private pesticide applicators and people who are out there in the fields making sure we get correct rates 
and applications and things like that. And unfortunately, it seems like at times when we go to mix chemicals to go around our lawn, sometimes that sort of mixing and proper usage that way tends to go out the window. So I also make sure to tell people to read your labels, make sure you get the right formulations, make sure you get the right amount of water in there mixed with your chemicals because you can get some hot mixes or other things like that that might seem good, but depending on what you're utilizing, you know, you could cause some issues with that soil for a long time to come. Hey, that's a great point because just just with Brian and me, and I'll just talk about us since we're on, on the show today here, but just Brian and me, so two brothers and working, you know, growing up on the same family farm. And sometimes one of us would be doing a little spraying for dandelions or, or something, and then we'd change jobs. And it'd be, all right, uh, now it's your turn. You spray the next batch out. Well, how strong are you mixing it? And we found out that Brian and I need to mix at a much different rate because one of us walks a little faster than the other one. One of us likes to uh, really soak those weeds, those kinds of things. And and if the other one uses that same rate, it can be a problem. So this, this does get a little challenging because I know a lot of times folks will ask their neighbor or ask their friend, well, how are you mixing up that product when you're spraying around the yard? And it could be totally different for you. So you got to be got to be willing to adjust and got to be kind of honest. We don't have auto steer. Nobody's tracking our miles per hour or anything like that. So maybe you, you measure out a certain area to see how long does it take me to spray a thousand square feet and, and go from there. Yes, absolutely. The The backpack spring is usually never quite as accurate as we have actually in farmer's fields and with the big equipment, which you would think it's a smaller area. We can get more accurate on that, but that's one of the things that we always tend to forget when it comes to that. And one other thing that when you were talking about um, how we go out and we walk and we spray and other things like that, it made me think of another thing that really comes into mind is safety. We often forget that when we're out there with our herbicides and we're out in the lawn or something like that, that these aren't necessarily chemicals. They're not pesticides. They can really get into our skin and they can really cause us some issues. I can honestly say that there probably is not a pesticide out there that allows you to spray in flip-flops and walk <laughs> through the lawn, but I can guess that some people have been out spraying some pesticides with flip-flops in their lawn. So, again, we got to make sure we're a little safe in some of those scenarios when it comes to that. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Hey, Mike, uh, great stuff. Really appreciate having you on. Again, we're talking with Mike Witt here from Iowa State. Uh, thank you so much, Mike, and, and good luck to you here this spring and summer. You as well. Let's head out to Cornell University. we got David Chinnery on with us right now. How are you doing, David? How are you? We're doing well. We're doing well. Okay, you heard you heard Mike Witt talking a little bit there. I think he had some great points. Uh, be on target, use the right rates, and make sure you're, you're keeping safety in the forefront. Uh, when when we think about some of the problems that people are trying to address around the yard, mainly I, I hear a lot about weeds and I hear a lot about insects. Uh, what are some of the common ones that that you're going after, and uh, are there some some solutions that that we should be aware of for for uh, bugs or for weeds that we might not be aware of? Oh well, that's a big kind of question. Um, here in the Northeast, we have a lot of problems with crabgrass. That's probably our number one thing in lawns, yep. um, as far as an annual weed. So. We are at the point here where a lot of people have already put on a pre-emergent herbicide. 
So they've maybe done that with fertilizer, maybe not. And um, then we're going to see how well that control works uh, and as far as crabgrass goes. And with broadleaf weeds here in our part of the world, uh, I would say the number one weed we have is ground ivy. I'm not sure how much of the country has ground ivy, but we have a lot of it up here uh, in New York State. Sure, sure. You know, you mentioned crabgrass, and, and this is kind of the same thing in our crops. If you have a grass plant that's a problem in a grass crop, it gets to be tough to pick those right things. And and you mentioned using pre-emerge herbicides. I think this is one of the things that a lot of homeowners aren't aren't really familiar with. They think, well, I see a problem, then I go out and treat. But with something like crabgrass, if you can get out there before you see the problem, you got a lot better odds of winning. Oh, absolutely. Really, that's the preferred way for homeowners to do it is to use the pre-emergent herbicide. Um, the other thing that we have worked a lot on here is overseeding of lawns. And we get people to do that in the fall when we have what I call the magical time of the year to put out grass seed, uh, September into October. And if we can get them to put out maybe ryegrass or tall fescue, they can build up the density of the lawn. And in the long term, they'll need the pre-emergent crabgrass uh, preventer less. So we've done a lot of work with that here in the past mm, 12 or 15 years. You know, that's a great point. When when we think about building up the density of the lawn, or uh, the way I look at it is we get better crop canopy. And we've got such a great thing out in, say, a cornfield. we got this 10-foot tall, big, leafy plant. Man, you're going to hardly see any daylight making it down to the soil. But with lawns, mm-hmm. a lot of folks want to cut them, you know, I, in my opinion, a little too short. Uh, because, I don't know, it's, it's really nice to have it this short, and then we can run around in the yard. That's great. I like it a little longer because we can shade out some of those weeds. But if you can do the same thing by improving the fertility of the soil, uh, building up the density of the grass, those kinds of things, I, I like those strategies. They're really nice. Yeah, yeah, really. I, the mowing height is an important one, too. And a lot of my colleagues here in New York, we've been trying to get people to raise the mowing height. If you can mow at three inches, or, or mow when it's four inches tall, I should say, and mow it down to three, that leaves it a little bit longer rather than, you know, mowing down to an inch and a half or something like that, which we don't really like to see because the bigger the top of the plant, the bigger the root system. So it's really a, a proportional thing. If you can let the top grow taller, you'll have a better root system, and that benefits the plant in a lot of different ways. That is a great tip. I'm going to record this, David, and I'm going to play it for my son who mows the yard and he likes to mow it short so he doesn't have to mow it as often. And he also doesn't (laughs) like to put fertilizer out there because he thinks he has to mow more often. Those are both good things, having a nice thick grass uh, and and like I say, maybe just cutting an inch off so you're not stressing the grass so much and, and allowing for a big root system underneath to tolerate all those weather changes and the heat that will eventually be coming. David Chinnery here with Cornell. David, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Oh, this was great. Thank you. We're talking about spraying around your yard, and we'll be right back after this. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in, and Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air, 
It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Water Hemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of Fierce Herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Get your planter ready for spring with Germinator Closing Wheels from Farm Shop MFG. And now when you buy 12 rows or more, get free shipping or 20% off an end zone bin system. Offer good while supplies last, so order yours today at FarmShopMFG.com. There's an innovative new soybean herbicide on the market that's helping close the door on weed resistance and open new doors to productivity. Preview 2.1 SC Herbicide from UPL is a multi-mode of action pre-emergent that controls the most resistant broadleaf weeds at the beginning of the season and continues to control later weeds with strong residual activity. Ask your retailer about Preview 2.1 Herbicide from UPL and always read and follow label directions. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. This whole midnight ride thing is getting real. But the HPPD resistant weeds are coming. We've got Verdict Herbicide. Verdict Herbicide? Yeah, it's a non HPPD corn pre herbicide from BASF. Well, well then, get some sleep. Yeah, will do. The weeds are coming! Switch to Verdict Herbicide! Always read and follow label directions! Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, along with my brother Darren. We're live in the Morton studio today. Just talking spraying around your yard. We're going to get to the Ag PhD mailbag shortly as well. If you've got any questions about anything going on agronomically on your farm, you can give us a call, 844-44-AG-PHD, or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. All right, so to wrap up this spraying your yard topic, I'll just say this. What we used to talk about was spraying really early in the spring and spraying late in the fall when there weren't a lot of leaves on the trees. <laughs> and if you think about the reason why we did that, it all had to do with 2,4-D and volatility. Thankfully, we don't have to worry about that anymore because there's Freelex with the dramatic reduction in volatility where we basically don't see it anymore. Um, You can spray anytime you want and it's not a real big deal. However, I just want to make sure you understand wind 
can still blow any herbicide. So like today here, the winds are gusting horribly. Don't be spraying when it's windy. Just spray when it's calm. Get the product landing on target, and then you're going to be in pretty good shape. And I, I would say, too, when we talk about calm winds, um, winds are rarely completely calm. So they're going to be blowing a little bit out of some direction. Just make sure they're blowing away from your garden, away from your flowers. I, I mean, just use a little extra care, okay? But Freelux is a great 2,4-D alternative. It's the new 2,4-D without the volatility. Again, there's tenacity. That's HPPD. So it's uh, it's mesotrion. So it's the same basic thing as what you'd use in corn called Callisto. And then there's drive. Same thing you'd use in sorghum to kill grass. And like I said, just a few broad leaves, like some clovers and stuff like that. But anyway, you can use that same active ingredient in sorghum called Facet L. So Freelex, Tenacity, Drive, those are my three main go-tos, at least in the northern United States. If you've got other weed concerns or anything you're, you're especially worried about, again, you can certainly call us or just send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Back to the insect thing as well. This is... The insects are just a nuisance around the yard, and there are some that you just can't stop them. Uh, They're going to be flying in constantly, but I will say over the years when we've sprayed around our yard, it's been fantastic. We just haven't had the grasshoppers, the crickets, the spiders, the ticks, all these different insects. And when you're using a pyrethroid like Tempo, very safe, even a midacloprid. Okay, that's, that's the same active ingredient as what you would have in gaucho as a seed treatment. And it's the, the chemical family is, it's a neonicotinoid. So it's basically in the same chemical family as nicotine. So I get it that nicotine's not real great for you if you're going to be smoking two packs a day or something. But in that chemical family, um, when you're only putting that out there once a year, you're watering it in immediately the safety factor is really good. So with any insecticide you're going to use around your house, around your yard, just be real careful. There are still some more dangerous insecticides out there, but when we talk about things like Tempo and Imidacloprid, those are are both pretty good, pretty safe products. Again, just be use a little bit of caution. And then the last thing, uh, and Darren was talking uh, with Dave Chinnery about this, just right before the break, it's make sure you mow your grass high and fertilize well. So if you haven't taken a soil test out in your yard, take a soil test, just like we do in crops. So when you do that, then you can identify what the issues are. But I'll just tell you, most of the time, what we see is you put some ammonium sulfate out and you're in good shape. It's generally a lack of nitrogen and a lack of sulfur. Those are the two big things. Now, I will say, if you have a lot of trees around your yard or you're going to, you want to make sure that your potassium levels are high. And so we're usually talking about several hundred pounds of potassium per acre and 7 or 8% base saturation potassium. So that's higher than what we're going to talk about when it comes to corn and soybeans and wheat and some of these other crops. You really need to push the potassium because think about it. What What is the tree mainly composed of? It's the, in corn or beans, we would call it the stalk. Okay, so you think about that tree trunk. I, I mean, you want it to be big and you want it to grow well. You want to have 
good good roots going down. And so drainage is also really important. Just uh, where I live yesterday had a neighbor in the wind, and it wasn't even that strong a wind. Big pine tree just tipped over. Roots came out and all. <laughs> like, And you could see with the roots, um, it was... It didn't go down very far, so I don't know how it got planted, when it got planted. I don't know really hardly anything about it, but I just know this. You have to fertilize well, and you want to have good drainage so you can get roots going down. And I don't care if it's a tree or a corn crop, we're always trying to establish the root system to anchor that plant so it can survive winds like we had yesterday, which I didn't really think it was even that bad. It was 40 mile an hour gusts. So we get that on a fairly regular basis, unfortunately, here in South Dakota. Anyway, so that's kind of my quick summary as far as spraying around your yard. But yeah, if you can just make sure you're fertilizing well, cutting the grass maybe a little bit higher than than especially than a golf course or anything like that, cut it just a little bit higher, then usually your grass can choke out a lot of weeds as well. And that's the goal. So you don't have to be out there constantly spraying. Oh, I guess there is one last thing I would throw out. Some people will ask us about Roundup and, hey, can I kill or should I kill the entire yard off and start over? I get that if, let's say, you have quack grass or there's some perennial that we just can't get rid of. But in a lot of cases, there are herbicides that can be used to either kill or suppress the weeds. And there are also ways to get the grass growing so healthy that it can choke out more weeds as well. So those are usually our recommendations rather than killing off the lawn with Roundup. All right, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. All right. Uh, one of the toughest weeds you may be facing around your yard uh, or farmyard is Chinese privet. And got this from Bill down in Alabama. He said, what is the best additive that I could put with 2,4-D for complete ground clearing? I have everything from A to Z and I've been spraying for years, but Chinese priv- privet is leading the growth. I've got four gallons of 2,4-D and I've got a 60-gallon sprayer. I need some help though. Okay, uh, Chinese privet, for anyone who's not familiar, I guess this is, I thought this was just a southern problem uh, where people had put it in for hedges way back in the day and it has kind of been invasive and spread from there. But I guess it's all the way as far north as Massachusetts. I, I really didn't know that. Uh, so it's it's a pretty big area that this could be a challenge for. But we do see these types of brush uh, kind of weeds that we get a lot of questions on, Bill, from uh, folks all over, different types of brush, not necessarily Chinese privet. But uh, how do I kill the weeds and the brush? I think they're two different things, Brian. I, I mean, when you read about Chinese privet, they say, well, you can pull it if you can get every single root out. And if it was really small and just starting, that would be great. Otherwise, they say cut it an inch off the ground and stump treat with Roundup or a brush killer. I didn't see Tordon being labeled or Remedy Ultra. Uh, Remedy Ultra would probably be the one that I would be thinking about. But you could stump treat with Roundups, and you wouldn't have to kill all the grass around if you only had a little bit. But if it's super thick, uh, that that's going to be a challenge. All right, what are your thoughts, Brian, if you're going to try to – and when he says complete ground clearing – I don't know if that means leave the grass alone or not. If it means don't leave the grass alone, then Roundup would be my answer, but I'm assuming that's not the case. Okay, well, first of all, this is a tree. It's an evergreen tree, is Chinese privet. Um, 
if you're going to kill a tree, yes, I agree 100%. You cut the tree off, you treat it with something like a tordon uh, or some other uh, tree killer. But yeah, tordon may not be labeled specifically on this, but it'll kill it. Here's the problem with tordon and some of these these tree killers. Uh, they can stay in the soil for a really long time, so you have to be very careful about them. They're not going to hurt the grass, but they're going to kill trees for a long time right there. And they can also go down into those roots, and then they could kill some other plants. So I'm not a real big fan of that. Yeah, Remedy Ultra is probably what I would try. That usually will kill stuff off without leaving a whole bunch of residual. So anyway, just be real careful about it. Otherwise, just keep clipping it off, and eventually it should go away. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. My mom's got a new case I extractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car, steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out caseih.com. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. Get what you spray for. Results. Get the lasting control more corn growers trust with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Apply pre-plant, pre-emergence, or early post-emergence to control tough broadleaf weeds and grasses before they cost you. For superior control with a low use rate and long residual, make the easy, high-performing choice. Visit anthemmax.ag.fmc.com to get results. Always read and follow all label directions. Nothing gets a better view of your crops than your pivot. Plant Insights powered by Prospera transforms your center pivot into a crop health monitoring machine. Be one of two growers to get Plant Insights on your farm with a free one-year subscription. Enter to win at agtechonthefarm.com. With Plant Insights, you can see everything your pivot does all season long, from emergence to pests, weeds, and disease. Enter today at agtechonthefarm.com. With Plant Insights, you'll walk away a winner. When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Learn on the job with the CNB Apprenticeship Program. Through in-person training and on-the-job experience, this unique opportunity gives you the chance to learn advanced ag diesel technology without the traditional technical school format or expense. Learn more at cbequipment.com careers. From machine storage buildings and farm shops to dependable buildings to house your livestock, regardless of building size or use, Morton has a building for every budget. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit mortonbuildings.com.
Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We were talking today about spraying around your yard, and that's a, an interesting discussion. I'm going to get into that just a little bit more here, but I wanted to mention we are in the Ag PhD mailbag time. If you have a question on any topic, uh, agronomically speaking, our phone lines are open at 844 44 Ag PhD, or you can email us radio at agphd.com. All right, our friend Lauren Mulder down in Texas had sent uh, sent a response. He said, man, I'd love to be with you guys on the air today to talk about lawn care a little bit, but I'm just going to send you a few notes here of some things that I think would be worthy topics. Uh, He said, in our area, one of the biggest issues we have in turf grass, of course, is weed control. And just a few things. He said, if you are, first of all, if you're doing a lot of post-spraying of weeds in lawns, you need to correct your pre-program. We, we just don't get the level of canopy that we're used to in row crops to take down weed pressure. So you have to have strong pre's. And Brian touched on pendimethalin, uh, the active ingredient in Prowl is one choice. No, I, I didn't say oh, that. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, uh, okay. Well, so Darren's, we have saying, Darren's we have saying use use some pendimethalin. He said pendimethalin yes, is one thing, but he said, <laughs> keep in mind, like in soybeans, if you get three months of residual, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to have awesome crop canopy with two feet tall soybeans. In lawns, you're still going to have three inch tall grass. So he said, you're, you're probably going to have to do a split application with something else. And he said, just other things you could mention for pre-emerge are dithiopyr or dimension or prodiamine or barricade. Uh, and those those things would, would also help. And in the South, we end up using indaziflam or spectacle. So he said there there's a number of different ways you can buy those, even in a three-way, three-pre-mix. Uh, so there's, there's lots of things you could look for there. Um, and then he said in sedge control, he said, I've heard you guys talk about halosulfuron or the active ingredient from permit that you may be familiar with in corn. Excellent choice and works really good for pretty much all grass species and ornamentals that have been around. Uh, so he said there are some other products, of course, uh, for sedges as well. Uh, so lots of lots of things to go there. And then he said on the fertility side, not sure if you guys are talking fertility today on this, but get a good soil test that includes all your micros because, man, does turf grass love micronutrients. So that that's kind of a neat thing. And he said also on that with nitrogen, he goes, I prefer a bare minimum of 50% slow-release nitrogen, but what you should really consider uh, is trying to get 70 or 80% slow-release, so you're going to get a little bit now and a little bit more down the road too. Uh, and then he said, last last couple things, don't bag your clippings. Uh, leave that fertility out there. Don't waste the energy and the time and so forth, but just mow more often. And I think was one of the comments that that Dave Chinnery had from Cornell, too, was just clip an inch off. If you're just clipping an inch off, it's no big deal. When do the clippings become a problem? It's when you're clipping off two or three inches and they're super long. Uh, that can be a real problem. So um, I think that was was pretty good. And, and uh, Lauren said, in our area, that means you got to mow at least weekly. <laughs> but if you got to mow more often in certain times of the year. That's important too. Hey, great stuff there, Lauren. I know you had a lot of detail in there, and I'm just kind of summarizing what you sent us. But uh, th- those are really good tips. And Brian, I guess just to go through that, the the pre's big big deal. You can do a lot of that stuff early, and then you don't have to deal with the post emerge stuff. But you got to be ahead of the game. So well, it really depends on where you're at. So good, we good point. Barely, we barely have any summer here to begin with. 
And so for a lot of people, they're like, yeah, it's really no big deal. I'll spray once or maybe twice with these foliar things, and I'm going to use something like Tenacity or Drive that both have pretty good residual, and I'll be in good shape. So if you're in another area of the country where you have a very long summer, in effect, let's call it from February all the way to November, well, you're going to think a lot differently about this. You want a lot more residual so you don't have to be out there so many times. This year, by the way, I would just say we it's May 2nd now, and we don't even see any weeds in most fields. Usually, we're seeing weeds prior to this, so it's, it's pretty late. I was even in Nebraska over the weekend talking to some guys that said, yeah, we don't even need any burn down right now. I mean, there are no weeds growing. It's very, very unusual. It's been so cold. So sometimes that happens, and it's the same thing with your lawn. I mean, the weeds may be coming just a little bit later than normal if you're in the northern part of the United States or up in Canada when things have been so cold. So you might need to time your spray just a little bit different than you did before. The big thing I would tell you, if you are going to spray any foliar products, any anything post-emerge, you want that weather to be warm for a couple days before you spray and a couple days after you spray. And by warm, I don't just mean, hey, I'd like it at least in the 70s for 70 degree Fahrenheit or more. I'm talking about I want the lows to be above 50 degrees Fahrenheit. If they are not, then you need to bump the rate or you need to just wait and let the weather warm up. With the pre-emerge herbicides, it's no big deal. You can go spray anytime. I don't care if it's going to freeze tonight. doesn't matter. If all you're after is residual control, it's fine. Like the first product that he mentioned there was pendimethalin. Well, Prowl... I mean, that's the same. Prowl is the name brand product that we would use in soybeans, for example. I don't care when you spray. We've sprayed it in the fall before. We spray it really super early in the spring. Ground freezes. Doesn't matter. It's going to work eventually when things warm up, when the weeds start to germinate. That's all fine. If you are using a residual product, though, I would just tell you if you're in a dry area, you do want to water that in at some point. That activates the herbicide it helps get it into the weeds and then you'll get a little bit better control okay uh, i get this one in from ts i was watching uh some information he had on sulfur management and i noticed a yellow pellet sulfur that you were spreading out in fields uh, what brand of fertilizer comes in that yellow pellet do you look for brands or what do you look for when you're picking your sulfur products uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the brand either, uh, TS. And actually, on our show, we'll use footage from multiple seasons on our farm too. So it might have been a and different. It might not have been our farm. Yeah. So I, I would just say, here's what we're after with sulfur. We want something that's going to dissolve well in water. So what we'll usually tell you to do is, if let's say there are three sources of elemental sulfur that you're going to buy or that you could buy, get samples of each of those three. Put them each in a little mason jar, so a glass jar. Put some water in there, shake it around a little bit, and then come back the next day, take a look at it. Shake it around again. If you do this day after day, pretty soon what you're going to find is the one that you want to buy is the one that has totally dissolved. We, we still have some in our office where it's like three years now, and you can still shake that little jar, and it sounds like rocks in there. How good is that stuff? It's terrible. And you might say, well, how am I going to figure this out? Which brand to buy? I, I'm serious. Just get samples, 
put it in water and shake it around and then you'll see. I mean, it will only take you a few days and you will know which one's going to dissolve well and which one isn't. So if that's what we're talking about is elemental sulfur, that's what you're looking for. With ammonium sulfate, there's no problem. I don't really care all that much what you buy. Just understand that there's fertilizer grade and there's spray grade. With the spray grade stuff, that's the stuff that you put together with your Roundup or other herbicides because that dissolves very quickly. It's just a little finer grade. With the fertilizer grade, it'll all dissolve fine in the soil over the next month or two, but you can't wait a month or two for the stuff you're putting in the sprayer. And you don't want little rocks. Any, you don't want anything that's going to plug up your screens or your nozzles, anything like that. So that's why you got to get the spray grade stuff. And they are two different things. So just understand that when you're getting ammonium sulfate. But yeah, elemental sulfur, it's really about that dissolvability. It's kind of the same thing when we talk about lime. When you're getting a good lime source, you need something that has a very small particle size and dissolves very quickly. So anything that goes through, let's say, a 100 mesh screen, that's going to be better than something that only will go through, uh, whatever, a 15 mesh screen or a 30 mesh screen. So I, I, I just say the, the, the things you're looking for with elemental sulfur are very similar to what you want with lime. It's all about that breakdown, the speed of the breakdown. And you got to have something that dissolves well. All right. Thanks for the question. We really appreciate that. We are right in the middle of the Ag PhD mailbag time, and there's still time for your caller question. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trifold Herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at trivoltinaction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, you're getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting a crop nutrition plan that maximizes your fertilizer applications from every drop, all while accounting for your management practices and the products you're already using. But it's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. At AgPHD, we're always looking for ways to support the ag industry. That's why at our free AgPHD Scouting and Scholarships event, we're giving away more than 100 college scholarships. Plus, we'll head out into the field for hands-on agronomy sessions, including our comprehensive guide to crop scouting. This day may be geared towards younger farmers, but whether you're a college student or just want good agronomy info, this is one event you won't want to miss. Learn more and register for the AgPHD Scouting and Scholarships event at agphd.com. 
Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle, and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. Control the toughest weeds with overlapping residuals. Lock in the longest-lasting control for your soybean fields. A pre-emergence application of an Authority brand herbicide plus a post-application of Anthem Max herbicide establishes the overlapping residual control key to safeguarding your soybean seasons. This pairing is a heavy-duty economical strategy against Palmer Amaranth, Waterhemp, Kosha, and more. Visit your FMC retailer or lockin.ag.fmc.com today. Always read and follow all label directions. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, right in the middle of the Ag PhD mailbag time. Our phone lines are open. Phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Uh, step back in here to the mailbag. Get this from Dirk down in South Africa. So, guys, I watch you guys online all the time, trying to brush up on the basics, uh, especially when I'm ta- about to talk to my farmers about something I might be a bit rusty on. I'm working for an agronomy-based fertilizer company in Zimbabwe now, and we are trying to help farmers from start to finish uh, with a number of different crops, tobacco, corn, wheat, soy, trees, and so on. Uh, One of the things that that we need a little help with is prilled lime or ultra-fine prilled lime. So the question is, have you had any experience uh, with these types of things? And the second part would be, how do you determine what the rate should be compared to bulk lime products? Sure, we have plenty of experience with that. I would say if I can find a regular lime source for very little money that has that passes through a 100 mesh screen, usually that's good enough for me as long as it's mostly calcium, obviously. Uh, so, for example, like here on our farm, we can get water treatment lime for free. Now, granted, it costs some money to get it spread and trucked and all that kind of stuff. But still, the water treatment lime, fantastic. So I don't need to have pelletized lime. But the pelletized lime is just fine, and a lot of these things come back to trial and error. So a lot of people around here will use 300 pounds of pelletized lime, and they say, okay, well, that's going to get me by for a year, maybe two at the most, but really it's a year in a place of, oh, I was spreading two tons, four tons of lime, whatever, that hopefully is going to last me for several years, maybe quite a few years. Anyway, yeah, it's it's really trial and error. There's no specific formula that I can tell you, oh, you just take your regular lime rate and divide by 10 or whatever it is. There, there isn't that kind of thing. So anyway, that, that kind of product is fine. I don't have any big issue with it other than it gets kind of spendy sometimes. But the nice thing is you can spread it with your regular fertilizer spreader. It's available now. And so there are a lot of people that use it and use it with great success. We've, we have even done some here in our farm recently too where we needed to do it quick. It was kind of a last-minute deal where we picked up some ground and we said, hey, we got this area, this pocket in the field, so then we can use our own spreader. We go variable rate it, and we're done. So that's what we've done. 
All right. Thanks for the question. I got this one from Ron down in Iowa, and he said, Guys, if I heard correctly, you are planting conventional beans on your farm. I have thought about this myself. There are some opportunities to gain a little extra money by doing so, but I've got a few concerns. Perhaps you could talk me me, through them. Let me guess. Weeds. Go ahead. First of all, I'm a little concerned about drift. All of my neighbors are talking about either enlist or extend flex soybeans and intending to spray dicambas or 2,4-Ds. How concerned are you about drift? You must have farmers planting traded beans around you. Yep, we do. I'm not concerned at all. So we've raised enlist beans for probably the last five or six years, which means they weren't tolerant to dicamba. So they're the same as what the conventional beans are. So we've had the same issues. And yeah, we've had some leaf cupping, but we haven't really seen any yield loss. Uh, when it comes to the enlist spray, if a person spraying enlist one, there really is no volatility. So I'm not worried about that at all. All right. Uh, as other question, could you please talk me through your weed control strategies? We have Palmer pigweed here. We switched back in the nineties to Roundup Ready soybeans when pigweeds became too much of an issue for us to handle in conventional soybeans. Are there new tools out there or new nope. strategies to combat this problem? No new tools. Uh, but here's how you get your Palmer pigweed under control. You start with the three pre's and don't skimp on the rates. I talked to people, I just talked to an agronomist this morning and I said, yeah, so three pre's for this guy, because we were talking about a specific farmer and he had certain weed issue. And he goes, yeah, here's what we're doing. And he gave me the three rates and I go, whoa, (laughs) yes, I get it. You just use three modes of action, but you're going cut rate on everything. Come on. Anyway, what, what you want is yellow. So it's either metro or sorry, it's either trifluralin if you're going to till it in, or prowl if you're not, and then metribuzin, and then if you want to use either Valor or Authority as your PPO, that's the way to go there. So you get those three pre's out. So get that done either pre-plant or could potentially be pre-emerge, and then you follow up early post-emerge with another PPO and a Group 15. So like for me on our farm, we'll use one of the combination products. And you can mix your own if you want instead. But we'll use Warrant Ultra or Anthem Max, for example. But there are plenty of other products out there, Prefix and others, that have this mix of Group 15 and PPO. So now we've got five chemistries out there, four modes of action, and the beans aren't even six inches tall yet. We've got so much residual. You were going to have 99% control or more on water, hemp, palmer, pigweed, lambs, quarters, kosher, and a whole bunch of other weeds. Then after that, you just got to see what comes. So you can use some Cobra yet. You could use some Cadet. I mean, there are other options if you do have the palmer continue to hit you. But beyond that, I would say if you want better weed control in conventional beans, you go to narrow rows. Go to 15s, go to 10s, even 7-inch rows. The narrower you make that row, and don't also, don't cut the population way back. I hear a lot of guys saying, oh, I'm going to cut my, my soybean population. I'm going, I'm not. I want better weed control. And I also have to be careful because if, let's say, we have any issues at all, any hail, any crusting, anything, beans are sensitive, and they all, all of a sudden die. I, I want a good, thick stand so then I have great crop canopy. If you're in a 30-inch row or worse yet, a 36 or 38-inch row, you may never reach canopy. And that means you're expecting control from your herbicide all year. 
that just doesn't work real well. And this is part of the reason why a lot of guys complain about soybean weed control, whereas in corn, they go, oh, my corn weed control is good. Well, why? Because the corn literally choked everything else out. As soon as you shade that ground, you're in good shape. So yeah, if you're real worried about it and you want to go to conventional beans, then just go to narrow rows. That's going to help you tremendously. Hey, great question. Thank you for that. Uh, I got one that came in from Jared over in Illinois. He said, guys, I've got something new that my agronomist brought up to me in soybeans, or at least new for me. He recommended I put on an insecticide as I'm planting soybeans. I'm curious, have you guys heard of this before? And then I've got a few questions here. He yep. said, wondering what bugs it will control, we the did odds last... it will pay. And then he's also using a natural product called NutriCycle. He's wondering, can they be mixed together? And how much volume of carrier would he need? Lots, okay. Lots of questions. Well, yeah, I can't. This. I can't take all those questions in one shot. So one question at a time here. And okay, insecticide and so, soybeans. Thank you. Yes, we did it last year, and we're doing it again Capture this year. LFR. Capture LFR. The reason why is because the bean price was so good, and we're going for eighty bushel beans. So if I was going for forty bushel beans, and I had a seven dollar price, I doubt that I would do it because we've never had a real big problem with insects in in soybeans. But it's enough that I just I. Last year, I was I was spooked, I'll be honest, because I thought, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. I mean, you look at that soybean price, and I think we're going to have amazing beans, and we had really good beans. We had one field that did 90. Well, a 90 times like $17 beans? I'm going, oh my, I can't risk it. So f to spend 5 or $8 or whatever we did on Capture LFR, I thought was well worth it. Okay, what was next? All right. Uh, he said, what bugs are you going after? What are the odds it will pay? Um, well, in terms of insects, there are a lot of them. It's, it's got a broad spectrum yes. of control. Yep. So everything from grasshoppers to the bugs that you might see, uh, down in the soil, seed corn maggot and seed corn beetle. Bean leaf beetle larvae will yep. be down there. Yep. Cutworms. I, 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 even though it's not labeled, I still think we would get suppression if we were to see any gallmage larvae. So... Anyway, a number of different bugs. Do I think that the odds are super high that it's going to pay off tremendously well? Probably not. Probably not. And again, I'm just looking more at, hey, if I got a lot to protect, I'm willing to invest a few dollars. I don't think it's really going to hurt me. And then the other thing is it keeps the bug population lower for the future, and that always helps when I go back to corn. All right, last thing he said, I'm using naturals, I'm using NutriCycle. I wonder if it can mix together and also the volume of carrier. Yeah, the pyrethroids will mix with just about anything. We do like having some water there with the pyrethroids. Um, so it, it's really not a huge deal, but a lot of times we're throwing three gallons of water with it, maybe even five. Um, we just want to make sure we get a good spread in that furrow. All right. Thanks for the questions, Jared. Yeah, it is good to ask questions when you're trying new things, but it's also really good to try a few new things every year and just see how they work. So kudos to you for trying something new. Thanks for listening to our program today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.